0: Hello, I'm Sarah Simeon, this is Pull Out. Um, Today's magazine is OK and High magazine from September the 18th, 1976. And it's 10p, very jolly girl on the front cover with a rather nice knitted waistcoat. Um, Some of the strap lines inside. Help, my boobs are too small. (laughs) Too small for what? Um, (laughs) Help. I'm so lonely. I wonder if those two things are connected. Uh, Inside, Mick Robertson. He's looking great in colour, obviously. Not in black and white. And then, look great the okay way. Are you collecting our top-to-toe course? (laughs) So, let's dig straight in. Um, We're straight into Hotline, uh, which is the... Hottest, biggest, most up-to-the-minute news and gossip around. There's some really random things on here today. There is a picture of Bruce Springsteen looking extremely young. um, With a lovely hat on. Yes, he looks very young. Uh, But anyway, uh, this is Big Headed Bruce. When Bruce Springsteen was asked by a Florida DJ what it was like to be the new Bob Dylan, the gentle rock and roller coolly replied, what's it like to be punched in the face? Tut, tut, Brucey, where are your manners? I'm sure Bruce Springsteen didn't say that. He seems far too nice to say that. <laughs> uh, next, we have just complete random... Well, it's not even gossip. Anyway, um, this one is Sylvia's Cheek. Dutch actress... <laughs> Sylvia Christel, star of the most successful naughty film ever made. Mm, I think naughtier things may have come along since. That's all I'm saying. Emmanuel is now claiming naughty films are enough to make you die of boredom. <laughs> and she said she'd rather be a secretary again. But would she make as much money? We doubt it. ha, <laughs> ha. Um, uh, actually encouraging you to star in a porn film rather than be a secretary. Um, <laughs> this one is extra inches are okay. Don't worry, not as rude as you think. For those of us with 36, 24, 36 figures, inches still sound nicer. I guess this is when we were going through the <laughs> changeover to century. Um anyway for those of us with 36 24 36 inch figures and proud of it too the best news that we, <laughs> the best news we've had in ages is that twiggy's put on weight since her early modelling days <laughs> by all accounts she reckons it's okay the sylph like david bowie is on an inch war too so far <laughs> they know this so far he's gained 8 kilos <laughs> And he's keeping that extra weight in trim by taking karate lessons with his bodyguards. Wonder which way Barry White will go. it's a bit sarky. (laughs) And then at the end, there's a a chorus line worth seeing. Um, We went to see a super exciting, fast-moving show the other night. It's called A Chorus Line, and it's so... (laughs) It's so energetic. It's a good idea to suck a couple of barley sugars during the show. Why would you need to suck a barley sugar when you're merely watching it? Anyway, it's all about an audition for a chorus line of dancers, and you get so involved you feel like crying alongside the ones who fail to make it at the end. Hundreds apply, but only eight are chosen. If you love dancing, whether your taste is for ballet or disco, You'll be goggle-eyed at the pace of this troop. London might be a long way away. It depends where you live, I'd say. Um, But if you get the chance to come down, or up for that matter, you must see it. It doesn't say where it's on, how long it's on for. There's absolutely no kind of promotion to it. Still, not to worry. Uh, This is an occasional series, it seems, called Fancy That. Um, Oh, actually, this one is when it started. It says it starts today. A great new series where fellas talk about you, (laughs) make you feel paranoid. So uh, this is an occasional series. Um, (laughs) Obviously, his picture has been taken in in a photo booth. It's a nice black and white picture. He's got a particularly nice 70s um, shirt on. So let's get stuck in. Let's find out what he thinks about girls. This should be good. We've been roaming the streets in search of some super males to ask them the vital question. What do they think of girls? And we were quite surprised with some of the answers. Here's one guy's opinion. This is Howard Kruger, 17, from Brighton. He's an up-and-coming promotions manager for a record company in London. He told us his interests of football, water skiing, music, and of course girls what you might call a typical male ha Howard's definitely into music he runs a traveling disco in his spare time and obviously gets to see and meet plenty of different girls I like lively vivacious girls says Howard but not to the point of being extrovert I usually go for girls with long hair slim waists and I love seeing girls in tight jeans if they have the figure oh he's not not happy is he (laughs) So, out of curiosity, we asked him what he likes to wear. Being in the record business, denim is like a uniform. It's easily accepted, though, obviously. Sorry, obviously, I don't wear denim all the time. I like wearing smart trousers and shirts, and on occasions, I wear suits. Certain things I can't stand are bad tempers (laughs) and girls who aren't chatty. (laughs) I think girls should have a sense of humour too. I'd never try to chat up a girl who stood there looking like a broody hen. (laughs) When we asked Howard what he thought of females asking fellas out, he told us without hesitation, no way! (laughs) I disagree with it. (laughs) If I fancy a girl, I'll ask her out. It might take time for me to pluck up courage, but if I like someone enough, I'll ask her out. Howard's one of those guys who's dead against possessive girls. He enjoys his freedom and feels he has a lot of roaming around to do before he gets tied down. So we were expecting a rather harsh answer to our next question. What does he think of marriage? Eventually I'd like to get married when the right girl comes along, but not for another six years or so. (laughs) God, he's 17, so he wants to be married by the time he's 25. I yes, but what if she comes along tomorrow, we challenged. If the right girl came along tomorrow, I'd consider getting married earlier. That's if she could put up with me. You see, in my job, I work peculiar hours, and so she'd have to understand that when I say I'm working late, I really am working late and not seeing other girls. So exactly what did Howard look for in a girl? Basically, I like very sociable, broad-minded girls is that a euphemism? <laughs> Not sure. With a sense of humour. And if we're talking of wives, she must like children because I'd love a family. But I do think girls should be career minded too. He wants it all, doesn't he, Howard? Um, and, it, and it wouldn't bother me if my wife worked before we started a family. Oh, geez. One thing Howard won't hear of, though, under any circumstances, is a girl paying her own way. <laughs> If I ask a girl out, I expect to pay, and I think that's only right. (laughs) Wouldn't you let her at least buy her the coffee if she really wanted to, we asked. Coffee? Well, maybe. It depends on how I feel at the time. (laughs) Howard had only one other rather strong point that he wanted to add. I'm a bit tired of Howard. If you're you're my girlfriend, then be prepared for criticism. (gasps) If a girl says something I don't like or is always doing something I dislike, then I tell her. And I can't stand girls who start arguing about absolutely nothing. That's really annoying. Well, that's telling us, isn't it? (gasps) Next week, Michael Tansley gives his views on girls. (laughs) Well, I can't wait. There's a a lovely ad that I've just picked out. It's for Batiste um, hairspray and shampoo and dry shampoo. It's got some fab 70s graphics. Fab ad. Um, Obviously, it's about hair. So they've got a picture of a girl dressed up as Lady Godiva on a horse. As you do. Um, How Lady Godiva really let her hair down. She used Batiste to control her greasy hair. <laughs> you can forget greasy hair problems too. Just remember Batiste. <laughs> and so there's all the products in the range for you to try. Greasy hair problems will be a thing of the past. Oh, that's good. On the next page, there's a, a look great, the OK way, which is just at your fingertips. It's how to make um, your fingernails look lovely. And uh, and again, just so interesting that it's like all illustration, basically, and like one picture. But otherwise, awesome. Oh, fab 70s illustration. This, other, this next one is also, I think, like an occasional series. It's called Girl Talk, where we join Janie Brown for a natter about the things that really matter. And this one is just about eating. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. So the headline is, I like stuffing my face. <laughs> tons and tons of lovely food. Blow the pounds of flab. So this is just about eating. This is what Janie says. I can't stick to diets or maybe I should say I can't stick to them. (laughs) What? It was so easy during the hot weather because I I just didn't feel like eating at all. And I lived on salads, fresh orange juice and glasses of milk. God, I really liked a glass of milk in the seventies. I was beginning to look like a lettuce leaf, but it, it looks like I'm slipping into my bad habits again now. Like last night, Viv was coming round. Well, who the hell's Viv? Anyway, that's not explained. It was coming round for a natter. Before she'd arrived, I'd managed to finish off two chocolate flakes and a liver sausage salad (laughs) with a a, a quarter of liver sausage, coleslaw, potato salad, tomatoes, pickle, hard-boiled egg and a pile of watercress. Then I opened a tin of strawberries. Oh, a tin of strawberries. Those are the days. None of these buying fresh strawberries all the time. A tin of strawberries and ate half the tin with fresh cream, intending to save the other half for another day. But ten minutes later, I crept back to the fridge and polished off the remains. Later on, I thought Viv looked a bit peckish. Who the hell is Viv? So I joined her in a round of honey sandwiches. Really, I didn't stop till I went to bed. (laughs) Still, I believe if you want to eat, you should. I can't bear it when people make themselves miserable over diets. No matter how much you try to convince the friend who says she's fat that she isn't, she'll never, ever believe you. One girl I know just doesn't eat at all if she's on a diet. I swear she only takes a size 10 too, but she still insists, oh, I really must lose some weight, I'm getting so fat. Another thing that gets on my nerves is having someone round for a meal, only to discover she's on a diet. One friend told me, after I'd spent the entire afternoon slaving away in the kitchen, Oh, it was sweet of you to go to the trouble of cooking this beautiful meal. Those roast potatoes and lamb chops look delicious, but I can't touch any of that, Janie. You know I've got to stick to my raw spinach and banana diet. I've lost four pounds already. Ooh, I nearly threw my plate in her face. I also hate it. Oh, Janie's on a bit of a (laughs) on a bit of a moan fest. Um, I also hate it when you meet up with a friend you haven't seen for ages, and you're expecting to have a great talk about all the things you've been doing since you last met. Then she spoils it all by talking about this fantastic diet she's on. That really lets me down. I mean, it's so boring. I've been in school with this particular friend, and we'd got so much to talk about (laughs) and to tell her about about people that we'd known and what my Saturday job was like and who I was going out with. But she only listened half-heartedly to me, then chatted about non, chatted non-stop chatted about diets. Whenever I so casually mentioned I'd lost weight, and I hadn't even said the word diet either, I kept her talking for two hours and I went home with a headache in the end. Well, tonight I'm going to chomp my way through a delicious meaty hamburger with at least three pounds of chips and lashings of Thousand Island dressing. Odd combination. By the time I've done the washing up, I might have just enough room for the main meal, and I don't care if I put pounds on in the process either, as long as I enjoy my food. What a weird article. It's just like I like to stuff my face. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Um, I'm on to a section, uh, I think, that was highlighted on the front cover, which is the help. Um, help, I need help. Uh, it's an illustration. It's nice and black and white. It's quite hard to read the black light ring on the dark grey background, by the way. This poor girl in the, uh, in the feature looks rather miserable. Anyway, this is help part two. I don't think we ever had part one, unfortunately. Um, but let's crack on. My boobs are too small. Help, I'm getting desperate. I'm 18 and I only have a 33-inch bust. It gets me down so much that I didn't wear a bikini while I was on holiday this year and I never go swimming. I've been to see the doctor, but he didn't seem seem to care that much. He just said something about um, about it's the way I'm built. The thing is, it makes me so nervous and shy and I'm terrified to go out with fellas. I'm sure they all laugh at me behind my back. Oh, Is there an operation? Oh, look. Or, oh, is there an operation I could have to make my bust bigger? Or is there some kind of hormone cream I could use? I really am desperate for help. That Sharon. It's It just seems such a world away from boob jobs, doesn't it? Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, I mean, boob jobs weren't really an option. So what's what's the answer? I don't know who's answering these, but anyway the answer is it's easy to see why Sharon's so upset, yes at the same time you can't help wondering why she's got herself into a state about it. To start with, who said that big boobs were best? There are lots of girls who'd probably do anything to have a bust like Sharon's. And why? Simply because when people don't have any confidence in themselves they blame it on some feature. Big boobs, short legs, big bums. The list is endless. The thing is that all too often there is nothing that you can do except learn to live with whatever it is that you've got or haven't got and make the most of it. And remember, there's always someone worse off than you. What lovely advice. What lovely advice to accept who you are and just be who you are rather than desperately having enormous boob jobs. It gets all rather sweet. And I'm now really beginning to want to go back to the 70s. So. Back to Sharon. It is possible to have breasts enlarged by surgery. Yeah, it is. Uh, but unless you're um, desperately unhappy with your figure, no doctor would even think of doing the op on the National Health. And a private operation would cost, here we go, £500. Wow, that was a lot. As for creams and sprays, don't waste your money on them. Because whatever they claim, they don't work. I don't remember creams and sprays that were supposed to give you ginormous knockers. I don't remember that in the 70s there are ways though of making your bust appear bigger oh now we're at it for example you could try wearing a slightly padded bra to make you a little curvier and although you can't actually increase the size of your bust you can firm up the surrounding muscles by exercising making your breasts stand out more a good toner a good toner is to hold something like a tennis ball between your Between both your hands at bust level, then with your elbows pointing outwards, sorry, I couldn't follow that, push as hard as you can. If you do this regularly, you should notice a difference. But as we've said, is it worth it? When it comes down to it, no fella is going to like you just for your bust. Guys will like you for what you are, so why change? I think that's really quite uplifting advice. There's another one here which is also a rather... Um, Oh, sweet. Can I just buy the pill? John and I, I don't know who John is. John and I have been going out together for more than a year now, and we've both decided that we'd like to go the whole way rather than stop at petting, as we have done for so long. I always think of petting zoos, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's an aside. Sorry, I won't think of petting zoos. Uh, Naturally enough, the last thing I want is to get pregnant. John's 18 and I'm 17. We've both heard that the pill is probably the safest form of contraception, but I'm not sure about how to get it. Do chemists sell it? Because I'm too shy to go to my own doctor. Also, is it the safest form of contraception? This is Linda. To start with, we'd like to congratulate John and Linda for actually (laughs) talking it all out sensibly before they have intercourse. It makes a change from girls feeling they've got to sleep with their boyfriends or worse still from couples who go to bed together without any form of contraception being used. The pill is available on prescription only. So you can't just go into a chemist and buy it. You will have to go and see a doctor or go to a clinic, but there really is no point in feeling so shy about seeing your doctor. He'll have dealt with lots of cases because obviously only he's a doctor. Um, (laughs) He'll have dealt with lots of cases like yours before and in confidence too. So there's no need to worry. However, if, you, if you're still not convinced, you can visit a clinic, but even then you have to inform your doctor for medical reasons. Contact your local family planning clinic. There are branches in most towns, or you can write to their head office at the Family Planning Association, 27 to 35 Baltimore Street, London, W1A 4QW. <laughs> they'll tell you where your nearest clinic is, and they'll also send you lots of info on contraception if you ask for it, and send an SAE when you write. The FPA Family Planning Association are very easy to talk to. uh, Easy to talk to if you have sexual problems. I don't think she had a sexual problem, to be fair. But nice, (laughs) nice, nice for you to tell us. (laughs) I'm on the (laughs) "It's All Yours" page. The swaps and letters. And things. Um, this one. <laughs> um, this is purely funny because of the name. But anyway, this is a letter written in by Lisa in Reading, and it's titled "My OK Holiday Romance." On a holiday in Italy last year, I nearly died when I bumped into the boring boy who li- lives next door to me. He's called Bert. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> It's just that he's called Bert. <laughs> Has he got a friend called Ernie? Anyway, he followed me around to everywhere and tried to drag me <laughs> to see all the stuffy sightseeing places, while I'd have much rather have ogled some handsome hunks on the beach. Well, I think we all would have. But really, I owe, I owe my holiday romance to him because a dishy fella noticed how, by the way, fella is always spelled F-E-double-L-A. A A dishy fella noticed how bored I looked and came over to chat to me. Luckily, I could speak a bit of Italian because that's where my mother comes from. So I told him what what was wrong. He solved the problem instantly by telling Bert (laughs) he was an old friend of the family and that my mother had asked him to look after me. The best part was that he managed to explain politely that there was no room for Bert in his two-seater sports car. <laughs> oh, I just love how many times Bert is mentioned. It's fantastic. And there's also some messages. <laughs> ah, this one, <laughs> which are just like absolutely no idea what's going on. This one just says from Dee Dee and Joe. Ellen and Stu, unknown to you, we love you and always will. Love and kisses, Dee Dee and Joe. Make of that as you will. Uh, we're back onto Super Guys, which, as you may remember, is where Sally just tells you about men she fences. <laughs> Um, this one, <laughs> oh dear, this is about Mitchell, which you may all remember Mitchell from Ultravox. Here he is looking, looking exceptionally young. Um. I think this was actually before he was in Ultrafox. Yes, it is, because it says the title is Midge Made It Okay. I was beginning to feel really let down. You see, I'd been waiting all day for the phone to ring from Midge of Silk. Yes, before Ultrafox. And the trouble was no one knew where he was. By four o'clock, the phone rang again, and this time Silk's manager was on the line. Sorry about this, Sal. He apologized, but, (laughs) but we're hunting for him everywhere. I was just packing my bags to go home that evening when my phone buzzed loudly. (laughs) It was mid. Why did it buzz loudly? Got you at last. (laughs) Where have you been, I asked. Oh, I've been painting all day and I'm covered in splashes. I don't think Ligio ever said that. (laughs) He explained. But as it still wasn't all that clear to me, he quickly elaborated. You see, I'm only just moved into my new house, and at the moment I'm in the middle of painting the lounge. This is the first house I've ever owned, so it's all really exciting to me. I only moved in three days ago, so the novelty hasn't worn off yet, and I've got to get it all finished before it does. I've decided to paint my bedroom black. (laughs) This is just, just random nonsense. Um, I think think it's a nice colour, and things look good against black, especially silver and gold albums. I'm also trying to get hold of an old 50s jukebox. I told Midge about the jukebox we've got at our house where I live. It's got a selection of 200 records to choose from. Midge sounded really enthusiastic about it. That's just the kind I want. Still, at least I've got one thing I wanted, a video, so I could tape. Or the old movies on TV. I didn't like to keep Midge away from his painting for too long, but I told him that the next time he's in London, he must come round and see my jukebox. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Midge ever saw Sally's (coughs) jukebox. (laughs) Interesting euphemism, perhaps. Okay. Nobby likes the (laughs) ladies. Oh, God, in the 70s, people were actually called Nobby. Nobby Clark's 23, and he says he likes fast women and slow cars, which is some admission. Nobby's just started a solo career. I don't know who Nobby Clark is, by the way. Just interject. Oh, I think, no, no, we're going to find out. Nobby's just started a solo career after surprising quite a lot of people by deciding to quit none other than the Bay City Rollers, we've now found out. Even more surprising because when he quit, he said he had no fixed plans for the future. I just knew it was time for me to leave, he told me, but the thing I hated most was having to leave the Rollers fans. They were great. The trouble was I wanted to write my own songs, and when the Rollers became successful, I just didn't have enough time to myself to sit down and write songs, so that's why I decided to leave. Nobby tells me his favourite girl's name is Carol. If your name's Carol and you're slim with long hair, (laughs) you could be the girl of Nobby's dreams. Lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's just actually being called cool, like you would choose to call yourself Nobby. Um, <clears> he <throat> hasn't finished. Uh, she's, she's up for another one. Right, Mick's Holiday Horrors. I waited till Mick Robertson, magpie presenter, was back from there. <laughs> was back from their trip to Egypt before I got this super colour pic of him. Here is the, there's a lovely, there is the super there. What a lovely colour picture of Mick Robertson. He's got some serious hair on him. Um, anyway, it's lovely. We've got a lovely colour pic of him. We decided on Egypt for Magpie's summer trip. This is when programs had summer trips. If you remember, Blue Peter and Magpie used to do it. We decided on Egypt for Magpie's summer trip because it's such an interesting place. Mick told me, but it was it was far too hot for me. Still, the further south we went, the better it got. Things slowed down a lot, and people were much friendlier too. Cairo, the main city, thanks for telling us, was a was a bustling and noisy place, and I thought, and I. And though I found it interesting, I was quite relieved to find quieter places. I thought the desert. The I thought the desert... <laughs> about dessert, yeah. I thought the desert was fascinating. There are still tribes living there, and it's a really hard way of life. We went... <laughs> this escalates quickly. Just giving you a heads up. We went to the Suez Canal, and our cameraman nearly got blown up. <laughs> when they wandered into a minefield but luckily they were able to retrace their footprints said Mick, it was some trip well he's certainly upbeat about that isn't he I just thought I'd um, skip to a really nice fashion page bits and bobs which has got Oh, just some lovely bits. I'd actually forgotten. This, again, is completely illustrated. No photography whatsoever. I'd actually forgotten um, the brooches (laughs) in the 70s that looked like packaging. (laughs) It was a slightly odd thing to do. Um, But great. There's... um, like (laughs) there's a packet of Omo washing powder an HP sauce and a crunchy and I think that's Thai food tea it's quite difficult to read but they were like 3D little versions of the packets that you wore as a brooch I'm not quite sure why (laughs) Um, and also I was reminded by there's a really nice brooch, um, which is a sort of tropical island and, uh, and a palm tree. And I remember just how much kind of that whole palm tree and, um, and waves, very stylized, was really big in the 70s. I actually painted my bedroom wall um, at <laughs> the mural, which was um, a beach and a palm tree. I remember it well. <laughs> so, yes, big in the 70s. Oh, the problem page, problem page, problem page. Okay, we understand. Not everyone understands you. What makes you happy, what makes you sad, but we do. Um, okay, so, oh, oh, there's some sweet bronze on here. Anyway, this is He Said I'm Boring. Whenever boys finish with me, they never give me a reason. So when Simon, at least he's not called Bert, when Simon, my last boyfriend, finished with me, I plucked up courage and asked him the reason why. He said I was a first-class bore. (laughs) Why would you ever say someone is a first-class bore? Apparently I'm the dullest, most boring person around oh no my best friend said he's talking rubbish but i'd like to know how to make myself a bit more interesting not an easy problem but there must be an answer oh gail in weatherby i think simon sounds like an asshole that's <laughs> the oh so what says is, is it pat oh we don't know if it's pat answering oh no i don't think it is pat someone else The most boring people we've ever met are people who go around saying how boring everyone else is. No kidding. People who are not bores (laughs) have lively, curious minds and so can see the interesting aspects of most people. Bores are people who have a tremendous feeling of self-importance to the extent that they feel everyone else should look up to their brilliant personalities. And when this doesn't happen, they justify their lack of sparkle by saying, oh, what a bore he or she is. Believe us, Gail, you may be quiet, but you're not a bore. Find yourself a boyfriend who's a bit less big headed, and you'll soon find out that we're right. Come on. Absolutely. Now, the next one is (coughs) this really, really shouldn't have made me laugh as much as it did. I feel really quite bad. But I don't care. I can't kiss him. This may seem an unimportant problem. Oh, it doesn't, trust me. This, by the way, this is from Worried in Kent. Not their real name, I take it. This may seem an unimportant problem, but it is really getting me down. You see, my boyfriend wears false teeth. And every time he kisses me, they get in the way. This happens especially when we French kiss. I don't. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I don't want to hurt his feelings by asking him to take his teeth out be- before he kisses me because, apart from this, he's a wonderful, considerate boyfriend. Please, can you think of any tactful solution to my problem? Oh, no, I don't want to hurt his feelings by asking him to take his teeth out first. <laughs> Oh, I wonder what the answer will be. Here we go. We've tried, (laughs) to be quite honest. We can't think of anything you could say that wouldn't embarrass or upset your boyfriend. Oh, well, don't sit on the fence. He's probably self-conscious enough about having false teeth at his age. Without you adding to his problems by saying that you don't like him kissing you, we think it would really just add to both your problems and his if you asked him. Asked him. Yeah, it would. We think it would really add to you. <laughs> if you asked him to take them out before he kissed you. Yeah, I think it would too. Just try to put yourself in his place. Wouldn't you feel hurt? Oh, we're sure you would because... Any criticism of our physical appearance is the most hurtful kind of criticism. Every Mr. Wonderful has his weak spot, and we think you're going to have to accept this particular flaw in your boyfriend. Oh, that's a really sweet answer. Um, uh, This one is. hmm. (laughs) This one's a bit of a worry. He's a pest. I went out with my boyfriend for nearly two years, but finished with him three weeks ago. However, he kept coming to my house, and my mother had to tell him that he couldn't see me anymore. Now he's asked my sister out, but it's only so that he can carry on seeing me. He also told my new boyfriend that he'd kill him if he sees us together anywhere. What can I do? You see, it's a sticky situation, and that's P.P. from Birmingham. Oh, dear. <laughs> Some people do behave stupidly, especially when a relationship has ended and they didn't want it to. This is what's happened with your ex-boyfriend, and he obviously can't come to terms with the fact that you don't want him. If you continue to have trouble with him, and it looks like things could get a bit dodgy. (laughs) A bit dodgy. um, Don't hesitate to contact the police. You can't risk him beating up your new boyfriend, can you? (gasps) Also, we think you should... Try to make your sister see that he's only using it and try to persuade her not to go out with him. Oh, dear. <laughs> this one is, mm, this isn't going to, I don't think this is going to go well. Blackmail for sex. I think this is only going to go one way. My friend and I went to a party three weeks ago, by chance, without our fiancés. We got a bit drunk and had intercourse. Oh, with two boys we didn't know. Oh, that really did escalate quickly. (laughs) Now these two boys keep blackmailing us into having sex and say if we don't, they'll tell our fiancés about the party. We couldn't face this. We'd planned to have a double wedding in two months' time. Well, I think that's off. We're both 19 and love our fiancés very much. (laughs) Oh, that's Terry and Sandy in Spalding. Uh, It's a good rule never to give in to blackmail. It's a lot easier said than done, we know, but giving in does mean a lot more complications for the future than standing your ground does. Think about it. If you get married in two months' time, what what are you going to do then? Carry on seeing them? That would be impossible. Most blackmailers are basically cowardly people, and we think that if you say no, they will almost certainly not do anything about it. After all, they're risking a black eye from your fiancés if they do tell them, aren't they? This is all getting a bit violent. (laughs) This is escalating into violence rather quickly. Oh, dear. Uh, This is is the last letter for, (laughs) for this problem page. I don't feel ready. My boyfriend has asked me several times how long I intend to stay a virgin. He's the only boy I've ever had any real real feelings for, but I've never had intercourse before and I'm frightened. I know I should make up my own mind, of course, but I really am mixed up and I don't know what I should do about this. By the way, my boyfriend is not a virgin. (laughs) I think we could have guessed that. That's Margaret in Sheffield. It's difficult, we agree, but we honestly think that you shouldn't have sexual intercourse with your boyfriend until you are ready. If you let yourself be talked into it, there is a risk that because you weren't uh, ready and entirely happy with your decision, you may find the experience um, emotionally damaging. Lots of girls have found this and it has taken them a long time oh, to get over their feelings of shock and disappointment. When you feel ready, and when you feel you can trust your boyfriend to introduce you drink, to introduce you gently to intercourse, I feel like by shaking the hand, introduce you gently to intercourse, then that's the time to say yes, not before. Oh, it's a quiz. Love a quiz. Uh, This is 20 ways to get get a fella. (laughs) There's so much getting a fella. Keeping a fella. Keeping a fella happy. This one is 20 ways to get a fella. Remember, all's fair in love and war, so anything goes. (laughs) This is some random crap, I'm telling you. Number one. Pretend you're sister and tell Mr. Sexy she'll be there when he calls round. I don't know why they're calling him Mr. Sexy. Number six. <laughs> Put some spinach in his beer. it will It's supposed to get him going. Was <laughs> <What's> he Popeye? <laughs> uh, number nine. Pull, put all the other competition off them, put all the other competition off by telling them all about the imaginary, contagious bumps, boils and spots that he's got on his back. In brackets, that one works. (laughs) This is really random. Eleven, they say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So give him lots of his favourite grub. Then when he's too full to move, you've got him. (laughs) number 12 wear something very revealing (laughs) always a good plan wear something very revealing like your topless backless bottomless dress (laughs) who has one of those (laughs) 14 ask your best friends to tell him all at different times what a little cracker you are (laughs) (sighs) oh god i've forgotten cracker not meaning the thing that you well, at the Christmas table, um, fifteen. Invite him to a pajama party at your house, and to only him. Then say what a shame it is when the other guests haven't turned up. Sixteen. Turn out the lights. <laughs> that way, he can. Oh, that way he can imagine that he's with whoever he wants to be with. Oh no, that's awful. <laughs> Ninety. At a party, ask. Ask him into the bathroom to help you get a lash out of your eye and get a pal to lock you in. (laughs) Mm, They're really, really weird. Anyway, moving on. We're on to Rick's rules, okay. Uh, Which, yeah, is Rick talking about (laughs) singers, Uh, generally. Um, We've got (laughs) got something about... um, The nice picture of Elton John, a nice black and white picture of Elton John in classic Elton John glasses. Uh, It's titled Don't Shoot the Pianist. Quite often these days, (laughs) Elton John gets scared of exposing himself on stage. (laughs) No, not that kind of exposing. He just feels that when he's up there dancing, playing and singing in front of all those people, that there might be a real weirdo out there. I oft oh no, I often think that someone might try and shoot me while I'm performing. Oh, that's not funny. Elton says, I keep thinking somebody's bound to do it because I'm an easy target. Oh, no, this is awful. But I try not to get nervous. It would spoil the show if I became nervous and frightened. Suppose he could always wear bulletproof specks. Oh, they just made a big joke about him being shot on stage. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, this next one is... Out of the swim. Every, t- every time Peter Oliver of Paper Lace goes swimming... He gets worried that a shark might eat him. You see, Pete is afraid of the water, and seeing the film Jaws has made it even worse for him. It started when I was ten and I nearly drowned. That was in a swimming pool. God, these are bloody depressing stories, aren't they? Might get shot, nearly drowned. Screw it. When I do swim, I swim on one side because I've got one arm stronger than the other. <laughs> I thought that was going to be to do with beating off a shark, so to speak. But no. That's a really random thing to put at the very end. <laughs> it's got one arm stronger than the other. <laughs> Finally, David comes a copper. <laughs> the only way the only way to get through the crowd was to dress up as a policeman. <laughs> David Essex told me when I asked him if he ever disguised himself to get away safely. (laughs) I was in Liverpool and I must say I thought I made a very good copper. (laughs) What, just only in Liverpool? But one or two clever fans recognised me. How? Well, although I... (laughs) Because I still had my red glittery socks on from the stage. (laughs) Goodness, that was a load of made up nonsense, wasn't it? I'd love to know if Dave Essex really ever did dress up as a copper, though. I think we all would. Okay, the final It's a fact of life problems. <laughs> um <laughs> oh let's just go straight in with this one come on my friend told me that she touches her private parts and gets a great feeling so I tried doing it what well, hers or a <laughs> or a friend no sorry I've made that much worse than it was <clears throat> it starts again my friend told me that she touches her private parts and gets a great feeling so I tried doing it and found that I enjoyed it too I find that I like to do it all the time now, slippery slope. And my mum gave me, (laughs) my mum caught me and gave me a long lecture. What's wrong with me and how can I stop myself? Oh, Pat's answering these. Come on, Pat. Pat says, nothing's wrong with you. What you and your friend are doing is masturbating. Lots of young people do this. The reason is that you're growing up physically and feel perfectly naturally, of course. But you are becoming sexually aware, although you probably aren't ready for a proper sexual experience yet. Well, I think we'll be the judge of that, Pat. Masturbation is not harmful. It's a lot less harmful than having sex with a boy in lots of ways. And so long as you don't come to rely too heavily on masturbation as a sort of emotional release, it won't hurt you. Thanks, Pat. Next one is, please tell me, am I still a virgin? (laughs) Last Saturday, (laughs) I don't even really want to read this one. No, I will. Last Saturday, my boyfriend and I petted heavily. No one uses the word petting anymore, do they? They really must. Last Saturday, my boyfriend and I petted heavily and he put his finger into my vagina. It hurt quite a lot. I'm very worried. What do you think? (laughs) The loss of the, this is what Pat is saying, the loss of the physical, sorry, the sign of the physical loss of virginity, the tearing of the fine membrane, which partially covers the entrance to your vagina, is a a slight loss of blood. But this membrane, which is called the hymen, can be stretched or torn at almost any time. God, Pat's gone right in there, hasn't he? Not just when you pet with your boyfriend or have sexual intercourse if you use tampons during your period for instance or do strenuous exercise at school this can cause your hymen to stretch or break don't worry about it basically you are a virgin until you have sexual intercourse for the first time She's relieved i'm sure and the last one this is like this is slightly weird weird letter but I'm desperately worried and need some help. I've been going out with my boyfriend for over three months and everything was fine until these, until these last six weeks, which have been terrible. He didn't touch me at all for the first two months, but just recently he has been petting me enough for the petting and touching me more and more. I can't stop this from happening myself, but I feel utterly ashamed and disgusted with myself. I get frightened, yet I can't get the thought of his touching me out of my mind. By the way, he's 16 and I'm a few months older than him. Uh, The answer Pat gives is this is quite a common reaction from girls when they first encounter the sexual part of a boy-girl relationship. Heaven forbid anything else. Everyone feels a bit mixed up and confused and gets a bit worried about how far to go or how far they've gone. But for your own sake, I would suggest that you allow your relationship to only go as far as you honestly want it to go. It won't help you at all if you feel guilty about petting with your boyfriend, however much you enjoy it. The only mature and responsible attitude towards a relationship is to take on as much as only as much as you can handle emotionally and no more. If you're worried or frightened in any way, I think the best thing you could do would be to ease off a little on the on the sexual side and to take your physical relationship with your boyfriend only as far as you are happy to go with it. That's quite a long winded answer. (laughs) We're through, the, through to the end of this particular magazine. I just wanted to show you the back page ad, um, which is a '70s classic. Also, because it's really kind of referencing the '50s as well in in the design, um, which is uh, which was quite common, I think, in the '70s. Um, this is obviously it's a lovely couple, and obviously it's four diamonds for an engagement ring. And the copy reads, "Let's go to let's go up to London for the day," he said. And we did. And we did everything. (laughs) Well, (laughs) certainly crammed a lot in. After the show, we went to a hamburger place. And there were even some pop stars there. Oh, this is so sweet. This is like when London was (laughs) paved with streets of gold. And pop stars were wherever you went for a hamburger. Be careful with the cake, he said. There might be a surprise in there. And there was a surprise. You are a fool, I giggled. I may have, have swallowed my engagement ring. Oh, I do like diamonds. Don't we all? And it's, a, it's an ad, obviously, for the... Oh, it, this is from, from a diamond company. And, uh, and it says at the bottom, a diamond is forever. There's the diamond solitaire, which was around £190, if you fancy getting it. Nice. Nice big picture of the ring anyway that's it for this episode i hope you enjoyed okay and high magazine from september the 18th 1976 see you next time